Welcome to another episode of the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is episode number 76. I am your host, Noah Rochetta, and today I'm talking about patience, patience with ourselves, others, and life. As always, keep in mind the Dalai Lama's advice. Do not use what you learned from Buddhism to be a Buddhist. Use it to be a better whatever you already are. Now, I want to share a quick note before jumping into the topic, um, and that's this question of who is mindfulness for? I recently returned from teaching a mindfulness workshop in a corporate setting in Canada, and uh, one of the uh, a regular podcast listener, John, uh, shout out to you, John, if you're listening to this episode, uh, reached out to me and uh, ultimately arranged it so that I had the opportunity to go teach a mindfulness workshop at his at the company where he works in Toronto in Canada. And it was a really neat experience to be able to go out there and, and to share these ideas and concepts in a setting that pertains to uh, a corporate setting. And uh, ultimately, my favorite part of the whole thing was just meeting John in general, meeting him and his family, meeting him in person, and kind of developing that friendship and realizing, you know, uh, we, we were sitting on the uh, back patio furniture uh, visiting one of the days after the workshop, and it was just fun to think of every single event that has taken place um, in my life and in his life that led to that moment, to be there sitting like we were friends, like we've known each other, you know, this whole time. It was just a really neat experience, and I I love um, moments like that, opportunities like that, to be able to um, uh, interact with somebody, to, to be able to have, as John w- would say, to have worlds collide. It was a really cool experience. Um, but anyway, during that uh, week in Toronto, it's always interesting to be able to teach mindfulness to people who sign up for a mindfulness workshop is one thing, because everyone who's there is wanting to learn these concepts. That's why they're there. But when you teach it in a in another setting, like in a corporate setting, where it's presented as a maybe one of multiple options uh, during the workshop, you may just sign up because it was the... I don't know, could have been the least boring of the options presented to you. Um, and sure enough, during this workshop, there were people who were very fascinated fascinated with the topic. And there were others who were in the workshop who were just kind of there, probably thinking, what is all this stuff? And what is this? why does this any of this matter to me? And at one point in one of the workshops, I, I brought this up and I wanted to highlight it here, which is the fact that who is mindfulness for? It's not for everyone. That's that's the simple truth. Um, I share it because I gain a significant amount of joy and contentment from my practice, from mindfulness practice, um, and others do too. And when I share it and I sh- and I share these concepts, a lot of people benefit from it. But it, um, it it should go without saying that none of this is ever being preached as, "Hey, you need this. You." You need mindfulness in your life. Uh, some people do, but um, this isn't something that you can compel onto someone, to the practice of being mindful. And I like to equate this to my other hobby because I have two main hobbies or practices, and one of them is practicing mindfulness, and that's why I have a podcast. I, 
I've written some books and, you know, I, I'm involved in this space because I enjoy it. The other one is paragliding. I spend a lot of time flying uh, and paramotoring and I recognize that it's not for everyone. You know, if someone were to say, hey, this, this hobby you have that brings you so much joy, uh, I guess I need to get into it. I would say, well, are you afraid of heights? And if they say yes, then I'd say, well, then don't do it. Why on earth would you get into this hobby if you're afraid of heights? Um, because I understand that it's, it's not for everyone. And I think mindfulness is the same. It's not for everyone. It, it can absolutely benefit everyone who practices it. Anyone who practices will um, can benefit from it. But that doesn't mean that everyone has to do it. Uh, so in the same way that I would say, if you're afraid of heights, why would you ever get into paragliding? Um, I would say if you're not interested in being more mindful in your life, why on earth would you want to get into this practice? You know, it should never be forced onto others. And one of the, the books that uh, I really enjoyed on Buddhism by um, Guillaume Kubose, uh, he wisely said, never preach Buddhism. And this was emphasized through his son, who, who taught the lay ministry program that I, I did, the two-year program. Um, but he always emphasized that, don't preach Buddhism. And this is why, because it's not for everyone. Why would you preach something when, uh, the, I mean, what is there that is truly applicable to anyone? I would say never preach mindfulness, never, maybe never preach anything. Um, I, I never preach paragliding to anyone. It's I share the joy that I get in the sport, and sometimes people will say, hey, I want to learn to do that. How can I learn? Where do I go? And they get into the sport, and then later they're like, man, this is the coolest hobby I've ever had. Thanks for getting me into the sport. I've had the same thing happen with mindfulness, where I'm sharing what I enjoy and what's worked for me, and others uh, will will benefit from it, and they'll email me and say, oh, I'm so glad that you you know, that you started this podcast or that you shared this or that topic because it's had such a profound impact on me in my life and the circumstances that I'm in. And I think that's wonderful and it's great. Um, but that doesn't mean it's for everyone. So just keep that in mind. Uh, I'm not preaching about patience in this podcast episode, even though the topic is on uh, patience. So, uh, Again, this, this podcast episode is not implying that you need to be more patient with yourself, with others, and with life in general. No, instead, this topic is, it's as all the topics, it's meant to be an invitation to be more aware about ourselves and to understand ourselves a little bit more. So with that caveat, with that uh, intro, let's jump into the topic. So... Uh, First, I want to talk a little bit about patience. What is it? If you Google it, uh, according to Google, the uh, patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Uh, I think that starts to define it, but to really understand it, I think we need to do a little bit more digging, a little more research. So other definitions, the, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary's definition is remaining steadfast despite opposition, difficulty, or adversity. And I think that's getting closer to the mark with how I understand patience in the context of mindfulness practice. Because couldn't that be the very definition of, of meditation as a practice? Is, is, you know, could it be that meditation is the art of practicing patience? 
It's remaining steadfast despite difficulty. Um, you know, think about sitting meditation. You sit there, and no matter how good you are or how long you've been practicing it, if you sit there long enough, at some point you experience difficulty. Your legs start to fall asleep. Your lower back starts to hurt. Um, you may start thinking about all the millions of other things that you could be doing instead of sitting here. <laughs> um, and all these things start to arise. And this is the practice of, well, now that these feelings or, or thoughts and emotions are arising, what do I do with that? Do I uh, remain steadfast in my intent to sit with it? Or do I succumb to the discomfort and say, well, I don't want to be uncomfortable, so I'm going to get up and be done with this? In some ways, I think that's a, a huge benefit of practicing uh, sitting meditation. Um, although I will elaborate on that a little bit more in the, uh, further in the discussion here. Uh, the Oxford Dictionary defines patience as being able to accept or tolerate delays, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. And I actually like that one uh, even more because without being, you know, if, if you think of patience as the art of not being angry when difficulties arise, uh, I, I don't think that quite hits it because you can be angry and sit there and not act on that anger. And are you really being patient or are you just putting on the image of being patient? Uh, but this second, or this uh, Oxford Dictionary's definition of it makes it a little bit more difficult because it's saying without becoming annoyed or anxious, can I sit here with this emotion or with this difficulty in my life and not be annoyed? I can't fake that, right? If I'm annoyed, I'm annoyed. And sure, I may not act on, on the feeling of being annoyed, but I cannot fake whether or not I'm annoyed. And that gives us something to work with. So I want to share a thought that comes from Pema Chodron, um, from her, the book that I've been sharing little quotes for, uh, from on our Facebook page. Uh, this is one that I shared earlier this week, where she says, patience is the antidote. And quoting, uh, Pema says, patience is the antidote to anger a way to learn to love and care for whatever we meet on the path. By patience, we do not mean endurance, as in grin and bear it. In any situation, instead of reacting suddenly, we could chew it, smell it, look at it, and open ourselves to seeing what's there. The opposite of patience is aggression, the desire to jump and move, to push against our lives, to uh, try to fill up space. The journey of patience involves relaxing, opening to what's happening, experiencing a sense of wonder." Close quote. So with that in mind, um, some of the additional thoughts I would add to that quote, I love that she clarifies that patience does not mean endurance or grin and bear it. Um, I think that enduring stuff, it's often a form of habitual reactivity. And we need to be patient with the discomfort that arises from the difficulties that we deal with in life and with ourselves and with other people. So I know for me, in my, in my own personal life, I have the tendency to avoid conflict. Uh, I, I, I've never enjoyed it. I've always been uncomfortable with conflict. So um, it's easy for me to just kind of sit it out when, you know, instead of confronting a situation that may cause um, confrontation to arise. So I find myself enduring or grinning and bearing it often 
um, when I'm dealing with a difficult experience simply because I'm not patient enough to skillfully work with whatever discomfort arises in me regarding that situation. And I think this can be common with our interactions with people, relationships that we're in with partners and spouses or, or siblings or you know, the, the neighbor, you know, something needs to be brought up, but I won't bring it up because I'm not comfortable with how confrontation makes me feel. So my habitual reactivity is non-confrontation. Um, so we don't want to grin and bear it when it comes to the important things in life. Instead, we can patiently work with these difficulties, understanding them, opening up to the feelings that arise in the situation, and ultimately, this allows us to be more skillful with how we deal with it. So this way of thinking for me in my own life was a radical shift um, when I realized that my form of habitual reactivity is often to not react. That is my reaction is to not react. You know, I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to bring that up because I don't want this to make you uncomfortable or things of that nature. And I, and I always thought, well, that's just because I'm patient, but it's not. It was actually the opposite. It's I'm not patient enough to deal with the discomfort that this is going to cause. So my form of habitual reactivity is uh, to not react. And now I don't have to deal with it. That's not being patient. And that's, that's what is being highlighted in this podcast episode. And in that quote that I just shared by Pema, like, what if we flip the script and realize patience might not be what I think it is. And often the act of of grinning and bearing it is indeed the opposite of, of patience. So patience and difficulties, you know, what if we, what if we learn to start moving towards the difficulties, you know, with that, that de de the definition of being steadfast despite the difficulties. I really like that. And I kind of want to play off of that for a minute because we seem to have this idea that something is wrong with us. Something is wrong with uh, other people, something is wrong with uh, life in general. And often with ourselves, it's that uh, I'm not the right weight, or I'm not the right height, or my skin is not the right complexion, or uh, my personality is not ideal. I don't have the level of patience or kindness that I should have. Um, and in this way, we're, we're kind of presented with this um, weird idea that something's wrong with us. There's a version of me that could be better. We think we think this way about other people too, right? And we think about life this way. Life is not right because it's too noisy or it's too quiet or it's too hot or it's too cold or it's too windy or not windy enough. Um, we're always comparing the way things are to the way we think things should be. So we find ourselves continually trying to reach the right way, you know, the the right configuration for life or for ourselves or for others. Um, and that configuration is the one that will finally make everything better or at least more bearable. And what we're learning through Buddhist practices, through Buddhist teachings and through mindfulness, uh, is that we're, we're learning about minimizing this constant comparison of how things are in the present moment to how we think things should be. And we do that by just learning to sit with how things are. I think the habitual tendency is to make these comparisons. Um, you know, again, not that it's wrong to make these comparisons. I want to emphasize this. I've mentioned it before in previous podcast episodes. But our ability to compare how things are 
and to aspire for things to be better is what's brought about incredible things in life. Technology and inventions and all these things arise because of this. So it's not that this is a bad thing, but I think it's important to understand that this is a natural tendency that we have, at least as humans, um, which brings about a lot of progress, but we're also going to pay the price for it because it, it makes it so that in some ways we're really never content. We're never happy because we're always comparing. So again, this practice, mindfulness practice, is not about eliminating that. It's not about eliminating the thought of how things could be. It's more about focusing and practicing um, uh, increasing the awareness of how things are right now in the present moment without the judgment and uh, without the comparison. And this implies that it's more of an invitation to move towards the difficulties that we face in our lives rather than running away from them because we're trying to understand these things more. And this takes a lot of practice. That's why it's called mindfulness practice, to sit with the discomfort of running towards the difficulties and to remain steadfast despite the difficulty. Um, I think it's important to understand that this path that we're on practicing mindfulness is the goal of mindfulness. The path itself is the goal. There, there's no final destination where, oh, I finally conquered it and I'm done. Like, I did it. I'm mindful now. From now on and forever. It doesn't work that way. We're, we're always on the path and the path is always changing. And again, this is why I use the analogy of Tetris so often. You never finish the game of Tetris. It's not like you can rest uh, between levels and say, okay, I did it. I completed this level and now I'm moving on to the next one. It, the game doesn't work that way. The, the nature of the game is it, it, it goes on and on and on and on. Um, and so it is with our lives, isn't it? The, our lives, the lives of others, uh, life in general, it's, it's about learning to keep going and seeing that the journey itself is the goal. And I think when we start to see life this way, we begin to understand that everything that occurs along the path, along that journey, is an invitation for us. It's an invitation to wake up, to learn, to grow, to change, um, to feel alive. And our difficult emotions and our conflicting thoughts and our painful experiences in life, well, those are all part of the journey too. They're all part of the Tetris pieces. So what can this all start to look like? Um, I want to break it up into three key areas, like the uh, title of the podcast says. Uh, first, patience towards others. What can that look like? And I want you to try to visualize this in your own life. What would it look like? What would it feel like to truly accept others without becoming annoyed um, about how they are now by comparing them to how we think they should be? Um, what would that feel like? And I understand as a, as a parent, you know, that my kids now are not who they were a year or two ago, and they're certainly not who they will be when they are teenagers or adults. And I try to, to see them in this light, this understanding that, um, you know, I, I'm always giving them the flexibility of who they're going to be, knowing that they're constantly changing and the version of them that I have in my life right now is uh, impermanent. And I try to do this with adults too. I try to understand that the adults in my life, my friends and siblings and parents and coworkers and uh, 
you know, everyone that I interact with, they're not the same people that they're going to be a year from now or two years from now. And sure, some of them may change minimally. Uh, some of them may change drastically going through completely life altering ex uh, experiences, changes of uh, political views, changes in their religious views. I mean, there, there can be some pretty drastic changes in, in people's lives and where it's very clear to see this is not the same person as before. Um, so I think I find it helpful to, to view people in that present moment with that lens of, of permission to change because I understand that they're always changing and I don't know, I don't know how they're going to change or, or how much they'll change, but I know that change is inevitable. And, you know, I, I detect often in myself the feeling of wanting um, others to understand me and, and to validate my way of understanding the world, my worldviews. And I recognize that that's an impossible task. It simply cannot be achieved. Um, and it's helpful for me to know that because I, I try to remind myself to be patient with how others perceive me because they're perceiving me through their own filtered lens. And that's helpful to know. Um, patience toward life in general, you know, what, again, what would it look like or feel like to be able to accept life just as it is to really look around and start to see, uh, the Tetris pieces that pop up and, and recognize the discomfort that certain pieces bring to our lives. Um, and then to be able to remain steadfast despite the difficult emotions that arise with some of those pieces. Again, that's the very definition of, of, uh, patience. And when it comes to life, remember, just like Pema said, we don't have to grin and bear it. You know, we can try to be skillful to do what we can, where we can, when we can, to make things better for ourselves and for others. But it takes a lot of practice and it, it takes skill to do that. And to me, again, this is the invitation that's, con that's constantly being echoed here to become a better whatever you already are. And... I think it's helpful to remember in life, difficulties arise. It's a part of the journey and we can try to learn to handle these difficulties with as much skill as possible, while at the same time knowing that sometimes life is going to feel like it's not okay. And sometimes it takes patience to recognize that it's okay to feel that it's not okay. Um, we don't practice this with the intent of, oh, I'm going to accept everything as it is and nothing will ever bother me that's not how it works. The The very nature of reality is things change. And when they do, these difficulties arise. And when they do, I don't like how it feels to experience it. And I can stop there. I, I, I can just sit with the discomfort, which to me is the very practice of patience, rather than getting caught up in the feeling that I have about the discomfort. This is an unpleasant feeling. And I don't like that I'm feeling what I'm feeling. Uh, I can I can work with that. But if I'm just feeling the discomfort of the situation, I may not be able to deal with that. That's just how I feel. And that's what we're practicing with mindfulness. You're learning to sit with whatever arises, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, whether it feels good or it doesn't feel good. You just sit with it and you observe it. And in that way, you're, you're kind of learning to befriend yourself. And to me, that's where the, the, the patience toward yourself fits in. This is the core of what a lot of these practices and teachings are about. Uh, developing a, a sense of patience towards the person that I think often we're least patient with, and that's ourselves. 
Um, what would it feel like to be able to truly accept ourselves just the way that we are without getting caught up in the moral judgment that the present version of me is somehow superior or inferior to a past or a future version of myself? You know, the thought that uh, perhaps a more physically fit version of me in the future, that somehow that's a better me than this me or a, or a more mindful me. You know, if I practice this mindfulness long enough and hard enough, I'll one day be mindful and that me is actually better than this me right now that still gets angry and loses my temper. And, you know, again, this is an act of aggression that we inflict on ourselves towards ourselves. So I think it's helpful at this point uh, at this point to remember acceptance is not the same thing as resignation. This is not about resigning to the fact that, oh, this is how I am and I'll, I'll never be fit or I'll, I guess I'll never be kind enough or mindfulness or smart enough or something like that. You know, this is about remembering that we're constantly changing and this allows us to feel the invitation that we can try to become more introspective and understand that about ourselves and to more skillfully navigate that constant change that we're undergoing. It's like we're this uh, a continual process of becoming, but we never actually become something. I mean, we do, but in the context of impermanence, it's, it's, it happens now and then it's gone again because you're always becoming something new, uh, something different. And each version of, our, of ourselves changes as we learn more, as we experience certain uh, events in life, as we age, you know, in a physical way. Uh, I think age is a great way to visualize this because you never finish. As long as you're alive, you're aging. That's the whole point. But you can't just pause it and be like, okay, this is, I've aged to this point and this is where I want to stay. And yet we act that way. We wish we could stay in our prime forever. But we can't. You get there and then you keep going and then you get to where that is and you keep going and you keep going. And just like Tetris, it goes and goes and goes until the game is over. And I think it's helpful to keep that in mind that we're always changing, always learning, adapting to the game of Tetris with each new piece that shows up. And that is the practice. That's the practice um, of understanding that the journey of change is the goal. We never reach the final configuration where we say, okay, we're done. I don't need to change anymore. And that's the practice, adapting and changing and learning and unlearning and going with the flow, going with the flow of the game. So that's the concept I wanted to share. And I hope you'll take some time to really think about these concepts, to ask yourself, am I patient with others? Am I patient with life? And uh, perhaps the most important one of all, am I patient with myself? Could I be more patient with myself? And how would I practice that? I think patience with ourselves uh, is a great place to start with a practice. The more patient I am with myself and with the thoughts and feelings and emotions that arise in me, the more skilled I become with practicing patience towards others and towards life. And that's mindfulness practice is exactly that. It's the practice that you practice, 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 but you never get there because the practice itself is the goal. So keep that in mind as, uh, as you, for those of you who do practice mindfulness, for those of you who do like to sit in meditation, med meditating and sitting there is that practice. It's not like I'm going to sit here until I can finally say I am super comfortable meditating. Um, I don't know if you're like me and you've been practicing 
I've been practicing for t- for 10 years. It's not like uh, suddenly, oh, this is easy. I could just sit here. It's the same battle every time. I'm sitting here and I don't want to sit here. I'm feeling this and I don't want to feel this. I want to feel that. But what I'm becoming better at is just sitting with that, sitting with that feeling of not wanting to feel what I'm feeling. What is that like? What you know? What happens when you befriend whatever arises? And oftentimes what arises is discomfort or some form of difficulty and you allow it to be there the same way that you would if it was something pleasant that arises, a pleasant thought or a pleasant feeling. You let it sit there too. Um, so that's what I wanted to share uh, and that's what I have for this uh, topic. If you want to learn more about general uh, Buddhist concepts and teachings, you can always check out my book, No-Nonsense Buddhism for Beginners. It has 60 questions and answers around Buddhist history and concepts and teachings and practices. And you can learn about that by visiting everydaybuddhism.com. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with others. You can write a review, give it a rating in iTunes, or um, you can also visit our online community, secularbuddhism.com forward slash community to find the Facebook group and join us there where we're We often continue the discussion around these episodes or just other discussions in general. Um, And as always, if you'd like to make a donation to support the work that I'm doing with the podcast, feel free to visit secularbuddhism.com, click the donate button. And that's all I have for now, but I look forward to recording another podcast episode soon. Thank you for your time and for listening, and until next time.